Hello and welcome to Grazia Life Advice, Grazia's podcast. I'm Rhiannon and each week I'll be interviewing women worth listening to and getting them to pass on the six best pieces of advice they've ever been given and the worst piece too. Our guest this week is Maria Hatsi-Stefanis, a beauty entrepreneur and founder of Rodial. Building up her business from nothing after being fired from a job in finance, 19 years later, her skincare companies, Rodial, Nip and Fab and Nip and Man are worldwide brands backed by the likes of Kylie Jenner. Basically, if you've got your own business or are considering taking the plunge, you could do a lot worse than listen to Maria's advice. So, over to Maria. I'm here with Maria at Rodial headquarters. It's an absolutely gorgeous office. How are you today? Hi, Rhiannon. I am very excited to be here with you. We're really excited to get your advice. You're a phenomenally successful businesswoman these days. So I think it's really interesting for people to hear about your journey and the things that have brought you where you are today. So if we start with your first piece of advice, tell us about your first piece of advice. So my first piece of advice is it's okay to fail. Um, how I started, my first job after uni was a beauty writer for Seventeen magazine. Yeah. I did that for a bit. Then I moved to New York, studied business. I had no idea what I wanted to do with my life. Mm. And I ended up, of all places, in investment banking. Right. Within a couple of years, I was called into the boardroom and I got fired. Wow, okay. It was shocking. I wasn't expecting it. But deep down, I knew that this wasn't going to be my career and I wasn't passionate about finance. Mm. In hindsight, this is the best thing that ever happened to me. It made me rethink about what I wanted to do with my life, Mm. who I wanted to be. And that's when I decided to set up my own business. And that's when I started researching the industry and set up Rodial. And so is it about taking the sting out of that fear when something bad happens to you and not thinking this is the worst thing ever, it's the end? It can be a beginning as well. For sure, yeah. Well, we're all... um, People were were used to our routines Mm. and sometimes we get too comfortable with a situation that's not necessarily the best for us. And sometimes you need a catalyst. Mm. You need something shocking to happen to you to wake you up and it may be uncomfortable when you're going through it. But then at the end, this is what's going to make you progress and and take you further and and realize who you want to be. Mm. You must meet a lot of entrepreneurs and business people. And I I feel like it's quite a common story for them to like, quite often entrepreneurs will say, I had to fail to get where I am today. Is it something you find lots of people share who've had success? Absolutely. And it happens every day. It's not just when I started, for example, but every every day there's challenges that I have to face mm-hmm. and when you have a challenge it may, it forces you to look at a problem and a challenge from a different direction and perspective and that's when you see the light and that's where progress happens and I've seen lots of entrepreneurs go through that um, I was reading the other day that um uh, Twitter, uh, before it became the platform that it was, it it just went through so many phases mm. of being a mediocre platform. 
and then suddenly they made it. But they went through so many versions and they were about to um, call it quits before it became what it is. And I, I've, I've read stories of all different companies and entrepreneurs that they went through so many obstacles and so many failures, if you want, mm. to, to achieve the success at the end. Mm. And linked to that is your second piece of advice, because after the failure, sometimes you need to take a risk. Absolutely. You said that's important. Absolutely. And um, taking a risk uh, very very early on in my business Mm -hmm. is what really defined what Rodial is today. It was... It was about the third year of running the business. Mm -hmm. I just about moved from my home office into a tiny office. And um, I had my team, which were two people at the time, an Mm -hmm. assistant and um, an accountant. I, I received a sample from the lab. We were gonna launch our first ever skincare product and we were thinking of naming it an anti-aging serum. Mm -hmm. So the sample came in, I tried the product, I really liked it, but then I thought, hmm, anti-aging serum, there are just so many out there in the market. How are we going to compete with all the big brands that have advertising campaigns? Mm -hmm. We need to do something different. And as I was looking through the ingredient list that I got from the lab, I noticed there was an ingredient that related to viper venom. Yeah. And I thought, hmm, that's interesting. And I say to my team, let's just call the product snake serum. And they were like, you must be crazy. <laughs> now, now we're going to go out of business. Yeah. Um, we talked it through. And then at the end, we all agreed, okay, well, let's just, let's just go with that and see mm-hmm. what happens. Um, so... We capitalized on the name. We made the packaging black. Uh, we did a photo shoot. We we hired a couple of snakes and um, who came with their snake charmers oh. at the studio. <laughs> we had some pictures taken. We put the pictures on the website and printed some cards, mm. uh, gave them out. And um, the craziest thing happened. People started talking about this new brand in the UK that is selling this crazy product called Snake Serum. Uh, We started getting calls from all over the world. Mm -hmm. Um, We started shipping pallets of products to Germany, I remember. They were selling out. Um, And this was the product that put Rodial on the map. And looking back on it, do you feel, were you totally confident in that decision straight away? Or was there any worry that you were taking a silly risk? It's easy when you look back on it to say, oh, that was great. That worked. It was easy at the time because Rodial was really small. We were doing okay. We were not doing great as a business. And the worst that would have happened was, yeah, okay, that's an okay product. We could have got some backlash, which we didn't. And then would have dropped the product and and moved to the next one. I think the smaller you are, the easier it is to make to take risks. Um, the repercussions are not that big. Yeah. I think the bigger you are, the more difficult it becomes to make those crazy decisions. Mm. Um, so at the time, it was it was an easy decision. I don't know if I would have done it again now, yeah. but. Um, 
at the time it worked really well. Is it responsibility? You now have people's jobs behind you, you have investors, you have, is that what maybe stops you making those big risks as much now? Well, we have a much bigger distribution network right now. We are in 35 countries. Mm-hmm. We work with more than 2,000 stores. And we we cannot make impulsive decisions. So every time we have a new product, we run it through our retailers and distributors and get their feedback. And we just want to make sure that everyone would be on board with the product. Mm-hmm. There's, there's more at stake. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Very different times now. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Your third piece of advice. I, I think this is great. And especially as a woman, I think this is important because it's not something we're necessarily as trained to do as men. And it's about not taking no for an answer. Mm-hmm. Um, it's interesting because when you get a no, you tend to be disappointed. Mm. And I am very disappointed as uh, I'm a human. Uh, but something weird happens when I get a no... And I get through the initial disappointment. Um, This no drives me to do better Mm. and to prove the person who said no to me to prove them wrong. (laughs) That they should have said yes in the first place. Yeah. Um, And I have an example from, again, early on in setting up my business. I always had the dream of getting my products into this exclusive department store. Um, and naive as I was when I started the business, I thought it would be very easy. I would just send them a bunch of products, mm-hmm. call them up, go and, and and show them and tell them what the products could do, give them a bit of press, and that would seal the deal. Well, it doesn't quite work like that. <laughs> um, department stores, they have a specific space. Uh, they have commitments to other brands. So... Um, it's not as easy to get your products in there, even if the product's great. Um, so what happened was I sent them the products, I started calling, and I got no answer at the beginning. Um, I took a step back, then a few months later, I sent the products again, uh, and then I got an answer, but it was a negative one. So we're not ready for your products or th- something along those lines. And um, I got disappointed, but I kept on going. Mm -hmm. And I kept on emailing them and send them updates. I would probably go back to them once a year. And that kept on going for about seven years until they agreed to meet with me. And they finally got my products on their shelves. And that was the biggest achievement at that point. I could not believe this happened to me. But it took seven years. Yeah. It took a lot of no's and it, it it took a lot of mental strength to be able to get that no, push it back and then go back with fresh energy and a year later as if nothing happened mm. and be positive and make it happen at the end. Um, so again, you know, with any entrepreneurs out there, uh, and I get a lot of questions on Instagram on this, how do you get through rejection? It's reassessing your situation, try to improve, keep positive, um, keep those doors open, don't shut any door. Mm. And something that may not be right for you right now, it could be right in a year or two years time. So turn that no into a yes, but it does take time. Seven years is a long time. And 
But do you think it's just something within you? Are you that just a type of person who takes no for an answer? Or was it something you had to learn in business? I had to learn and I, I had to get much better at it mm. with, with time. Because when you are in business and you're trying to achieve new things and new goals, there, there's always obstacles you have to overcome. Um, I'm a bit calmer now, I think at the beginning, just because every no could be, oh my God, will my business survive another mm -hmm. day? Every no was a bigger deal. Uh, now um, that I've seen how things work at the end, and everything works out at the end, I am a little bit more calm when I get a no. I deal with it in a in a more subjective way. Um, and yeah, I, I just I've had so many no's in in my career that um, I can I can deal with them. I can take them. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> from where you are now. Um, you have a huge social media following and it's something that you do very well I feel um on your Instagram you have over a million followers and but you were saying that an important piece of advice for you is not thinking that it's all glam all the time running your business yeah um so yes I do um I do enjoy running my account so um we're talking about the Mrs. Rodiel account yeah. um and you know it's interesting when when you post things on Instagram. I I would post something that could be interesting to people, um, like when we're doing a press event or I have an interesting trip uh, or a picture with a celebrity. And it was quite interesting that um, I had a picture with a celebrity. I don't remember if it was Kylie Jenner or it was someone. And then I got tons of messages uh, from young girls saying. I love your job mm. and I'd love to do what you do. And I, I was thinking, guys, a picture with a celebrity is not what I do. <laughs> uh, running your own business mm. is just not glamorous at all. It's, it takes a lot of hard work. I've, I've packed a lot of boxes. I've spent hours in the warehouse. I have spent hours worrying about, uh, will my product sell? Mm. Will, will, will our customers like our products? Will my next product launch be as successful as the previous one? Uh, worrying about my teams, building, building a team. There's just so much that goes behind running a business. Mm. And a picture with a celebrity is just not what I do. Yeah. But I just wanted to share this with everyone. Running your own business is exciting and it, it gives you so much energy but you just have to do it for the right reasons mm. um, and, and, and be ready for, for the hard work and the very unglamorous work, actually. Yeah. So the glamour does all look fun, the holidays, the celebrities. <laughs> it does look fun. You can't say it doesn't. But if not that, what is the most satisfying thing for you about running your own business? What gives you a kick when something happens? Um... Yeah, that's a, it's a, I didn't think of that. That's an interesting <laughs> question. Um, a couple of things. Um, the first thing is having a team around me that are excited mm -hmm. with what they do, that we share the same vision, mm -hmm. that we come to the office, we work hard, we have fun together, 
and we're a big happy family because if you're having fun, if you're enjoying what you do, your team is great, everything is great. Mm. And then the other element what makes me happy is when I meet someone randomly out there or whether I'm in the store or um, I just meet someone who says to me, oh, I've used that Rodial product and I love it and it changed my life. Mm. Um, that makes me so happy when I know that our products really work and and we have loyal customers who, um, yeah, who enjoy using them. Yeah, that must be amazing to think of that from a small seed, that's where you've come to now, having this place in people's life. And that's your fifth piece of advice, uh, dream big. Always dream big, mm. yes. I mean, who would have thought that I started this business from a back room at home without any investment, uh, bootstrapping the business with a day, and then 15 years later, I'm working with Kylie Jenner. She's fronting our campaigns yeah. for, for our uh, younger brand, Nip and Fab. Who would have thought that? I mean, if that's not dream big, I don't know what what is it, um, but yeah, that was, it was really interesting. Actually, I have a little story for um, how we got to work with Kylie Jenner. She, um, we, we work with um, a lot of makeup artists in in the U.S. and uh, we um, we did a send out of the Nip and Fab glycolic pads, which is one of our best selling products. I've used them. Yeah. Yes, they're 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 number one best selling product for Nip and Fab. Very exciting. So we've done a send out to um, our list of makeup artists in the U.S. and one of them was working with Kylie. Um, he used the pads on Kylie. She loved them. Mm. This was before she was big. She was about 16 years old and posted about them on Instagram. And suddenly we got um, emails and comments on Instagram and people were going crazy um, wanting to find out more about the pads. Mm. Um, so I thought, well, here's someone who seems to resonate with the Nip and Fab audience. So let's just see what we can do. So we connected with her team and... Um, at that time, she didn't have any other beauty campaigns, and and her beauty range she launched three years later. So wow. this was she was just sixteen years old. Yeah. Um, we brought her to London. We did a shoot. We did a live Q and A with uh, with the Nippon Fab um, uh, fans, and it it was a crazy surreal moment mm. that from a back room at home we ended up working with. Um, one of the most influential teenagers in the world. Um, so yeah, it's all about thinking big. Yeah, and she has this crazy following on Instagram and has changed the face of the beauty industry, many would say, with the way that she's used used social media. Do you see that kind of social media changing and, and influences and how much does that affect your business and how you think about things? Uh, it's interesting because what Kylie did, and she was the first one to do it in the right way, is she used her influence to launch her own range. Mm -hmm. And up to that point, a lot of influencers and celebrities would do um, the 
um, sort of licensing deals. Mm. But she was the first one who was so much involved and owned the range. And a lot of other followers and a lot of other influencers followed. Where do you start from? From Kim Kardashian, mm. who launched KKW, to a lot of influencers and bloggers and makeup artists lo- launching their own ranges. Um, so it's uh, it's made things really interesting for beauty brands right now because we were used to look at uh, those influencers as a way for us to promote our products, mm-hmm. but now they're also teaching us how we need to run our business mm-hmm. and, and grow our own following and, and, and make sure that we also cultivate a community and, and an audience uh, that we can communicate directly um, and bring that conversation to a more personal level. Um, and and that's what I'm doing a lot with with the Mrs. Rodial account. I yeah. have this direct communication with uh, with the Rodial consumer. So, um, the beauty industry is changing by the day. Mm-hmm. We have to learn new rules every single day. And people like Kylie are are teaching us how things get done. Yeah. And do you find different consumers? influence different ways for instance maybe your older consumers on on instagram and as interested in that they use the products because they are faithful to them and have done for years and the younger or is everybody is everybody obsessed with social media these days um i think that a lot of our uh, core rodial customers they are still reading magazines they're definitely reading grazia good good <laughs> uh and they do they do uh, get their information from a lot of the traditional uh, print media and press. Mm-hmm. So as a brand, we also embrace the traditional uh, media platforms. Mm-hmm. I don't think that Instagram only can be relied upon. I also feel that consumers need to touch and feel the product. Yeah. And I know there's a lot of talk about the direct-to-consumer models that Mm -hmm. some of the brands follow, which means you just have your own website and that's where you sell the product. Uh, I do believe very much in having a presence in the stores where the customers can go and touch and feel the product. They can connect with the teams, ask the questions and get of a more more luxury and bespoke service that is what Rodial is all about. Mm -hmm. So... As a brand, we do believe in, in traditional media platforms as well as the physical presence. Yeah. Such an interesting time for the beauty industry. Um, your sixth piece of advice I'm really interested in. I'm always interested in how women perceive this this piece of advice. Talk about having it all. <laughs> um, well, I don't know if you can have it all. We're all doing our best. Um, I am a working mom. I have two kids. Uh, I've I've started my business before I had my kids, so mm-hmm. this was all happening at the same time. Um, and I guess you can have a business, you can be a working mom, but you do have to make sacrifices. Mm-hmm. Uh, did I take my kids to school every single day? No, I didn't. I, I couldn't do that. I had to be in different places. Um, but, um, you know, there are certain sacrifices I have to make. I have zero social life. Mm-hmm. When I was um, young and single, I used to have lots of girlfriends and we'll do fun things together and go for dinners and, and spa weekends. And I don't do any of that right now. I have my family, which is my priority. I have my business and there's just no time for anything else. Mm. Um, 
And even next week, I, um, we had a holiday planned, which unfortunately I had to cancel because there's so much going on at work. So you do have to sacrifice certain things in life. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I do think with, with careful planning, you can make things work. It's not perfect, but you can make it work. And you can have it all if you are having everything that you've prioritized. So in your case, if you say career and family is what I want and Mm. you can make that work, you're having it all, I guess, in some senses, because that's what you've prioritized and that's what you want. You can have all your priorities, yes, but there are certain things that you have to leave behind. Yeah, absolutely. Do you speak to a lot of mothers who are also entrepreneurs and how people balance that? And how has that conversation changed, do you think, over the recent years? Um, Yeah, I mean, I, I do go to a lot of conferences where I meet other uh, business women and, and working moms and I, I'm inspired by them. Mm. Um, I mean, you know, the likes of Victoria Beckham who is managing four kids mm. while running her own business to a lot of working moms out there who they're, they're trying to do it all. I think, you know, everyone has their own priorities and their own systems mm. of making it work and I don't think that there is one perfect solution. No. Uh, but I think that technology these days is really important. There's, you know, you can put the kids to bed and then you can go through your emails, which wasn't the case, I don't know, 20 years ago. Mm. So there there are a lot of ways these days and, and technology has definitely made things easier so you can combine everything. Yeah, absolutely. So we like to finish the interview on uh, the worst piece of advice people have been given. Uh, it's always really interesting, I think. So t- you tell us yours. Mm. Um, it's not really the. It's not really advice, but um, I've been reading a lot on magazines and and articles about how this person is an overnight success and that person just came out of nowhere and it's they're a billionaire right now um and you know sometimes you get discouraged by those things Mm -hmm. and my reality has been that it took me 18 years to be where i am today and as i say in my book that's titled how to be an overnight success Mm. I don't think overnight success exists. Mm -hmm. There's overnight sensation, um, but overnight success, it takes time. It takes a lot of effort and and mental strength to to keep on going. Uh, You do go through a lot of roadblocks and challenges, and you can be a success, but don't despair because it's not going to happen overnight. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's a, it's a positive message, I think, in, in the day and age of, of Instagram and Insta famous celebrities that, mm-hmm. that we are facing every day. And it's all about hard work and keep going and you will be a success, but just not overnight. Is the success sweeter when it's taken time as well, though? I mean, all that effort and time you've put in, it must make it, make it feel better than if it just turns up overnight. Absolutely, yeah, mm-hmm. and it's it's all about feeling the satisfaction of going through the challenges and coming the other way as a better person. Brilliant! Thank you so much for your time today, Maria. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. Thanks so much to Maria. Such good advice there for anyone entering the business world, and interesting no matter who you are. 
If you want more from her, she has a book out called How to Be an Overnight Success. If you're enjoying the podcast so far, please do subscribe, rate us, review us. It really helps spread the word. We look forward to seeing you next week for more advice from women worth listening to. Thank you.